0: Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. Uh, I, I'm obviously not Will. Unfortunately, he is away this week on uh, work duties. So I'm filling in as the host. And joining me, like he does every week, is Dave Harris.
1: Oh, hi, Mike. You know,
0: nickname for Dangerous Dave this week. but
1: Oh, uh, there's one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, so I kind of just tried to save it there. Uh, and to his right, at least on my phone screen, uh, it's Mr. James Yates, Man United fan extraordinaire.
2: Hello.
0: How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Really? After yesterday?
2: Well, I'm um, I'm just forgetting that part of my life.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> for the next hour, we're we're not gonna let you forget, unfortunately. <laughs> um we'll we'll start off with the Joel report, which as it as it seems to be every week, is is getting worse and worse, to be honest. Uh <clears throat> Brighton traveled to Newcastle. Uh, sorry, Newcastle travelled to Brighton this weekend and got absolutely pumped uh, by Graham Potters-Brighton 3-0. Joel Linton managed to have less of the ball than Jeff Hendrick, who came on in uh, half-time injury time. So that's, that shows you how involved he was. Let's, let's leave it there, I think, for that. Um,
2: Nick Castle aren't playing to his strengths of being the wide target man.
0: You're absolutely right. Stick Andy Carroll out on the left, wide target <laughs> man over there. And then Just play the in the middle, yeah. Someone that's not Jacob Murphy because he shouldn't be anywhere near a Premier League team. Uh, but yeah, I, I, f- I think we need to relegate this team, Newcastle. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think many of those players should be anywhere near a Premier League team.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yates, that's true. We Ryan Fraser waited for his big move to Newcastle, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to go down in consecutive hey, years. Callum Wilson, that's my only take. Yeah, someone really should buy that man. And Debravka, we love Dabravka. Uh,
2: no, um, Almiron or St Maximin?
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I don't know what they <laughs> expected playing Almiron through the middle and Joel Linton wide right. Not sure what was happening there. but
1: Yeah, Almiron through the middle was certainly brave, given the guy seems to be about five at five.
0: <laughs> speaking, speaking of brave, Man United's team selection going away to Leicester. Oh. Yates has already got his head in his hands.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at the segue.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad, yeah. wasn't it? You, oh. you can t- this is why we let Will do it. Uh, hey, I'm a fan of all the segues, to be honest. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start off with the team. Yates, any, any thoughts on the starting eleven for United?
2: Uh, I, I was baffled by this team. We in... weren't the only one. Yeah. In what is one of the biggest games of our season, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, in a season mm-hmm. where we're not challenging for the title, he rests our two best players. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand that. Uh, especially seeing as all season, every game, every bad game, or every game where we started poorly... Uh, and Fernandes has been on the bench. He's come off the bench on 60 minutes and generally changed the game around. I don't understand why he would feel the need to put that to the test in <laughs> the FA Cup quarter-final.
0: Against what is a, a very good Leicester side.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, with a unfit Paul Pogba being his replacement and an unfit... Van der Beek being his replacement.
0: Yeah, yeah Van Der Beek has had no minutes and Pogba who's recovering from an injury. Yeah. It's uh, very, very strange. Any thoughts on the Fred Matic pivot going into the game or, or did that just play out poorly?
2: That, that, I mean, whoever plays in that pivot is either Fred Matic or Tom Hay. I don't expect anything. <laughs> um, oh, dear. I don't think they can offer much, to be honest. Yes. Yes, usually,
0: I think.
2: Usually all they offer is a bit of uh, protection for the back four. Um, but Fred definitely did not
0: do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about his, his error uh, for the first goal? Uh,
2: I, I blame that on Maguire. Yeah. There's no way Maguire should be passing that to Fred in that position.
0: Yeah, I actually agree. I actually totally agree. I think that's, that was Maguire's fault. Uh, obviously, Fred could do a lot better when it arrives at his feet. Yes. Yeah. But he shouldn't really have been put in that position.
1: No.
2: You, you see Fred coming for the ball and you see the player not even a yard behind him. Okay, just clear it. I, I think Russ mentioned this last week. What is this obsession with playing out from the back when you shouldn't be playing out from the
1: back?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I feel like we d- we don't really have the players for it. It's not in this team anyway. Well, Isn't
2: Maguire meant to be a ball playing um, centre back?
0: Yeah, and in fairness to Maguire, he can bring it out quite well. But I don't know whether his passing is all that. In fairness, he he's, he travels with the ball well. Like, I don't. I'm not. Oh, this is a bad bad comparison that you're not going to like. But Rio used to do. No. <laughs> kind of similar where he bring it out but Rio could actually find a pass whereas Maguire brings it out and then just runs into a a, a space where there's players and
2: then Quite doesn't often, pass the ball yeah
0: we'll just gets, lose it
1: passes it back
0: yeah Dave yeah. any thoughts on the United starting 11 yeah a
1: bit like yeah, what Yates does I can't believe that Luke Shaw and Bruno Fernandes I'm guessing that's who you mean by your two best players yes uh, uh, yeah. Like you say, you're not competing for the league, so you've got to look at the Cups. I understand you would played on Thursday, but this, like you say, other than those European games, is absolutely your biggest game of the season. I couldn't believe this selection. Um, Van der Beek obviously doesn't get much game time anyway, so like you say, I don't think he's fully fit. Um, and then to put him with Matic and Fred against a Newcastle team that a Newcastle team <laughs> I'm a fan
0: of up the report. Joel Linton,
1: uh, uh, in Newcastle. <laughs> uh, against a lesser team that, to be honest, are known for having a lot of running in midfield to put out Matic, who's slow, Van der Beek, who's not even fit, and Fred, who I'm not sure can really hold the fort anyway, let alone by himself. He, he's uh, bringing down well, the fort. <laughs> Well, he's pass—he's passing out the defence of the four of it, seem, but
0: yeah. Um, I've just had a quick look at the fixtures, and we, we play Brighton next on Sunday, so it's not like they, they could have had a rest if we'd have wanted to play Fernandez and Shaw, etc., in this game.
1: Well, last, well it's
0: internationals this week, no? It is internationals. Oh, so it is. So actually, we've got two weeks off, so yes. you'd think you've got two to prioritise week- this,
1: yeah. Yes. yeah.
0: That's more why I was
1: shocked. You've got two weeks from this game to another a club game. Uh, just on
2: the Brighton point, though, last time we played Brighton, we did make them look like a uh, team that could challenge
0: for Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we really did. We were so, so fortunate to win that game. Yeah. So fortunate. Um, yeah, one thing I, I wanted to pick up on in this game was Leicester played a genuine two up front
1: yep. in Acho and
0: Vardy. Obviously, Nacho grabbed the brace, uh, which we were quite generous in, in gifting him. But uh, yeah. how does a midfield three of Matic, Fred and Van der Beek lose the midfield battle to just Ndidi and Tielemans?
2: Because they are quality players. Uh, Ndidi probably did as much work as Matic and uh, Fred. Um, and Tielemans, I write, is one of the best centre mids in the league.
1: Yeah, I agree, he's fantastic. I, so, I, I, both of them are fantastic. Great.
2: Yeah. Uh I, I want when um he says so he at Monaco and then he was on loan at Leicester. Uh I wanted United to go
0: out and sign him. Mm. Wish we had now. <laughs> <laughs> and and the bloke that's playing next to him. we taken taken Didi as well. Oh yeah. Good yeah. grief. Yeah, I just think it's incredible when you've got the number advantage and we still can't win that, the, the, the midfield battle. Has it? It's just... I mean, what are you supposed to do when you're 3v2? You 3 v 2 you can not even win, a, win a, an area.
2: Well, it's, it's like you said, Matic has no legs, so can't run. And Fred was just having an off day from minute one. Um, yeah, he
0: really was on the on the highlights. They they showed his he, he forgot he had a left foot and just passed <laughs> it, just kind kind of, kind of uh, deflected it into the path of one of the Leicester players for them to get a chance. Yeah. And then the uh the end of the highlights, just him with his hands up, just like saying <laughs> sorry to everyone. I forgot I had a left leg. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Um Yeah. So Ollie made a quadruple substitution after 64 minutes so it's pretty clear it's not going our way at this point Um, yeah I I,
2: I wasn't sure about the subs either no neither because he bought off Tellez for sure fair enough yeah you but you would say Tellez is the more attacking of the two
0: yeah he probably is yeah
2: Um, he bought off Matic for Mutomahe um even though Fred was having a shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which uh, goes to show how ineffective Matic was or that he couldn't last ninety minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: he bought this, this is
0: a guy we've got on a on a two year still two two more years in his deal as well. Uh
2: we bought a Pogba for Fernandez, which probably suggests that Pogba couldn't last ninety minutes. Uh and then I cannot remember the fourth one, which goes this- to show What they did,
0: yeah, it was Cavani on for Van der Beek,
2: right? Yeah, and Cavani's unfit anyway because he hasn't played in about a month and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because if he was fit, he
2: would have started instead of
0: Martial. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Martial still having a horror horror season, it, and unfortunately doesn't seem to have learned from Cavani, which you which is the kind of thing you want to see from your younger strikers when someone like Cavani comes in. But he doesn't appear to have learned anything. If anything, he's gone backwards this year. Yeah. Martial.
2: Well, I commend Ollie for actually making a sub before the 80th minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is new to him, isn't it?
2: Yeah. He, he either makes subs like at half-time, which were forced because of injury, uh, or he waits until the 80th minute when they can't do anything to affect the game.
0: Yeah. honour uh, Ollie not subbing yeah. Fred, remember it against PSG when he was a walking red card for about 60 minutes <laughs> yeah. and then, and then did get sent off uh. and you were like, why didn't you just take him off? It was so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. Um, but yeah, Leicester were really good. Obviously got to commend them. They're a very good side. One thing we were talking about earlier, me and Dave have just been out on a walk. Uh, they back three, Soyuncu for Fana and Evans with the two in front of Ndidi and Tielemans, there's not many better spines in the league. No. Nah.
2: And uh, you also have to uh, give Rodgers a lot of credit, because uh, with Barnes uh, and... Uh, Madison. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Madison and Justin being injured. They in uh, change a lot of their attacking <laughs> players. So, which involves changing the system from having three behind the striker and having the lone striker in Vardy to uh, a 3-5-2 uh, in this case. with yeah. uh, uh, What's his name?
0: Um, you got Bart- Perez in behind Vardy and, and Yeah,
2: Iannaccio coming in and hitting the ground running.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see him doing well also because obviously when he, he burst onto the scene mm. uh, at City, we, I think everyone, not me included thought he was gonna be world class pretty much, but he's never but, quite hit the heights. Yeah, until. he came
2: from the same sort of time as Rashford, didn't he? And everyone was yeah the two.
0: I thought Inacho was better back then.
1: <laughs> His goal per minute's ratio at Man City goal every like seventy minutes or something. See mental. Uh, yeah,
2: I think that's slightly skewed in the fact that he only played about 30 minutes a game. <laughs> and then by that point, City were doing the business of... No, I
1: know, but, games, but still, still, yeah. still yeah. the young guy, it's pretty wild conversion rate he was he's managing to
0: achieve. Yeah, it's impressive, like Yates was saying, that he's come in when Leicester needed him most. Vardy's not really scoring at the moment. Madison's out, Barnes is out. And he he's finding the back of the net when they really need him to.
2: Yeah, well, he, but he scored a couple of braces and a hat trick in his last five games or something like that.
0: Yeah, you can't beat a stick at that. It's
2: yeah. pretty good. Uh, especially, yeah, Vardy's not scored in, uh, I think it's about 10 games
0: now. As well. Yeah. He's like for a goal. He had a, he had a really good, really good oh, chance t- in this one as well.
2: He had two really good chances. Yeah. Uh, one uh, in the first 10 minutes where he, or first 15 minutes where he kicked a shot straight at uh, Henderson. And then the one in the second half where he looked primed to just slot it in the far post and then dragged it past the near post.
0: Yeah, he went near post, which I thought was weird. It, it, he also, that me that from Maguire, it was so obvious where Vardy was going to go and he still just stood there and let him do it.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's generally obvious where Vardy's going to go. It's just body's that good that not many <laughs> can you stop it? stop it? yeah Yeah.
0: all um, right we'll get a bit we'll get a bit more positive now and talk about the Europa League uh, potential Europa League run I guess that's that's pretty much our season now isn't it yeah. now we're out the cup you've got to finish top four and you've you've probably got to win the Europa League really Um, so we obviously beat uh, Milan over two legs was it 2-1 in the end, two one, yeah, one zero
2: and one zero.
0: Pogba getting the goal in the second leg. Um, the zebras actually winning a game out out there in that terrible kit. Terrible <laughs> kit. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, and we beat West Ham in between, so it was actually looking like we we turned a corner, and then you just chuck in this stinker, and you you come back down to to earth. Do you think we can win the Europa League, given who's left in it?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I think our primary rival is Arsenal.
0: Yeah, that's a good spot to be.
2: Uh, they, they have beaten us 1-0 and drawn 0-0 the other game, so I wouldn't be 100% confident if we met them in the semi.
0: <laughs> Maybe Which, Slavia Prague will yeah. knock out another British side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three in a row. That um, would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so the ties in the in the quarterfinals: Arsenal, Slavia Prague, Granada against United, which you'd expect both English sides to get through there, and then Ajax, Roma, and Zagreb uh, against Villarreal. So you, you would imagine, in theory, United should be sweeping aside everyone bar Arsenal, really. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Roma aren't having a great season in terms of their recent success in Syria. Uh, I mm. think. They- uh, struggling for top four in Syria at the moment um, and then Ajax are always there or thereabout but never can get through to a final really Yeah. Uh, Slavia Prague I, they shouldn't have beaten Leicester in the uh, last six, uh, last 32 um, and then we're fortunate to beat Rangers I think
0: yes I think so no, yeah there was a bit of Horrible stuff going on there. Zagreb obviously knocked out Spurs. You would imagine, yeah, absolutely shot
2: though, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> Still can't believe that we we we're, we're an anti-Jose pod, so we love we love that. <laughs> well, we, we we certainly are when Will's not here. That's for
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, well,
0: that is for sure. Uh, but yeah, I guess. Well, imagine if it was Leicester Arsenal in the quarters. That that would have been fun. Instead that, of Slavia Prague,
2: that would have been a great game. Um, that would have been good fun with Arsenal's recent resurgence and Leicester playing well, uh, continuing to play well.
0: Do we? Has the semis been drawn? Do we know yeah. who we're facing the semis? Uh, Is it? Are we so, on Arsenal's side or? No, we're
2: with Ajax and Roma.
0: Ooh, tasty!
2: And uh, yeah, and you got Arsenal on the other side. So it could be an all British or all English final if we get that point.
0: We'd love to see that. Bring it to the UK as well.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. There, there was a slight bit of positivity. United can possibly win the Europa League.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you would say United are favourites. Yeah, I, I would put you as favourites, really. And um, I'd say Arsenal are the closest challenges.
1: I'd say Ajax are maybe the best of the rest. They're having a pretty good season. However onana got banned what's my name <laughs> he got banned from um, <laughs> like doping or something for a year so first choice keeper's gone and they made an admin error where they didn't register hilaire so whenever they actually play in europe they don't have their star strike yet and they no longer have their first choice keeper is, is, um, is he actually doing anything
2: for Ajax now that he's left West Ham?
1: yeah he's actually doing really well um yeah, to be honest, his stats. I did have a look. He's pr- pretty impressive
0: so far. Linton, if you're listening, that's the model. <laughs> get, get yourself back to the continent where they'll use you properly.
1: Uh Yeah, he's got six goals, five assists, and eleven games. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. A goal contribution
0: a game, not bad. Uh, yeah, sh-
2: shame they're not competent enough to register players. Yeah, they. <laughs>
1: I'll be honest, I've only seen
0: that sort of thing for myself and football manager. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> All right. when, when you click the old auto-select button and it doesn't put in your star player.
1: Yeah.
2: I think there was a game in the qualifiers for the Europa League. I think it was Rangers where they released a team sheet before the game and a journalist pointed out that one of the players was illegible.
1: I did see that. I can't remember which team, if I'm honest, but I saw, I remember seeing it do the rounds on Twitter. He better have got a nice payday from
0: the club. You just <laughs> saved us a fortune. <laughs> That's unreal. All right, I think we'll go. We'll go top to bottom with United. Try and talk through every every points while we've got Yates on. Uh, so we'll start with the ownership. Can United win the league again, or even challenge with the Glazers at the top? I'm Uh, not necessarily accusing them of not spending because they definitely have spent.
2: But it's not their money that they're spending.
0: Yeah, that is a good point.
2: It's money that the club generates that they're spending. I don't think they've ever put a dollar into the club.
0: Not even to buy it. It, Well, yeah.
2: Um, Well, I think we can. Um, But it's not really on the Glazers. I don't think they do much in terms of the day to day running or even the season to season running of the club. I I think they're major like just a figurehead. Um yeah. the fans hate.
0: <laughs> they definitely do.
2: Yeah. Um uh, so I don't think it's the Glazers have any really um say or uh, control over whether we can challenge for a title
0: yeah okay yeah so it's more down to the the recruitment team and the management team etc yeah yeah so uh darren fletcher in as i can't remember the name of his role but he's kind of a director of football Uh, sort of role
2: i looked at this just for the pod so he's a technical director
0: that's my sort of guest
2: um there is another guy that is the director of football Right okay uh, and he's a guy that's been at the club but uh, he got hired uh, similar sort of time to Moyes and sort of worked his way up through the years. Uh he's the director of football and is like the go between between the management team uh of like Fletcher uh, ollie and them and the scouting department and Ed Woodward.
0: Okay so now we we're, we're not just relying on Ed Woodward anymore which is good.
2: Yeah, I, I do think in recent years with uh, Edward was taking more of a backwards seat and, you know, transfers have improved. It's a shock that.
0: It <laughs> is quite surprising that the businessman stepping aside from the football area Yeah, has helped yeah. the football side of things.
2: Yeah, so I don't quite know what Darren Fletcher's there to do. Uh, I know he... Was, he was part of uh, Oli's like, backroom staff and this is like a continuation of that sort of role.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so, But I don't quite know what a technical director does.
0: Not too sure either, but Dave, do you think it's a positive step that United are going more towards a director of football sort of role, even if it's not that in title?
1: Well, I, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because... I think, like most Man United fans, I think giving Ed Woodward a lesser hand in transfers is probably a good thing. Um, but at the same time, you've got to get a director of football absolutely right. Not even just for like their ability to, to make good signings or even recommend good signings. They've got to be someone that doesn't conflict with coaches or managers. And I find with directors of football, that's... Yeah, that's sort of usually the most sticking point. There's a director of football that a manager sees as having too much control. I think in principle it's a good idea, but the actual blend of making it work for everyone at the club can
0: be quite complex. So that's why we didn't have one before, because Jose did not want one.
2: Yeah. Even though he essentially has one at Spurs in uh,
0: Daniel Levy.
1: Uh, (laughs) Now they actually have one like
0: Steve Hewlett
1: or something, yeah. He
0: was on, he was on the documentary, wasn't he? Yeah, they have a proper perspective football at Spurs. Um, but yeah, Levy's in control, Let, let's be honest. Over there,
1: also with uh, United winning the league with the owners, uh, I haven't seen anything from them yet that would suggest that you can. Um, at the end of the day, they've put like Edward Ed and a lot of chart, a lot of power. Um, but I think if they were more ambitious owners, I think they would have been a lot more involved of like, the hiring and firing of managers, I think.
0: Uh, but
2: then,
1: like, they're really ambitious. Uh, we'll come on to it shortly. But maybe they'd have looked to be pushing for a change in personnel in uh, the is, dugout.
0: Is that what they employ uh, Ed Woodward to do, though? That's kind of, I guess. His, his but my,
1: my thing is, with owners, is that owners are surely the people that always have the final say at the top.
2: But well, I I don't think they do. I, really? I, I, I think all the Glazers are there to do is make money.
1: Right. Well, uh, in that case, that's like, probably
2: the day to day decisions, even season to season decisions. I don't think they care a hoot as long as United still make 500 million. Uh, Dollars or pounds whatever it is in revenue a year
0: it's potentially the greatest investment of all time
2: what spend no money none of your own money and still reap millions in dividends
0: the, the club goes from worth about what was it three to between three and five hundred million when they bought it or whatever, however they bought it and now it's worth over three billion yeah yeah uh, what, one of the Glazers, I think is selling shares where they expect to make about a hundred million from does that do we think that sends the right sort of message to the fans or does that yeah, matter at all
2: i i don't think it matters um because 100 million worth of united shares doesn't give whoever come who, whoever buys them assuming it's just one person enough of a clout to make any difference
0: yeah yeah the, yeah what's important is the glazers still keep their total control over everything yeah.
2: so i'm sure it's all been carefully managed so The Glazers always have 51% of the shares.
0: At least, yeah, for sure. Okay, Uh, let's move on to the manager then. I I know there's there's obviously been plenty talked about. We've already discussed some of his decisions, even in the most recent game. Um, Before we do that, what what would you class as a good season from now? Obviously, we're out of the FA Cup. It would have been nice to win that.
2: Um, so good season from now Uh, I think Europa League win is a must Mm -hmm. Um, I think we should be coming second um, in the league and you could class us putting distance between second and the top four race as a um, achievable target yeah and something that they should be trying to do um, make it comfortable going into the last few games of the season um, that we can you know, definitely get top four so we can start resting players for a potential Europa League final.
0: Yeah. Uh, so would a, a points improvement in the league on, on last year's total, that would be a sign of improvement?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think last year we got, what, mid-60s? Some mid to low-60s?
0: That's terrible, isn't
2: it? Yeah. So I, I think if you come in second, you have to be close to seventy odd.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixty six okay. points last year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I, I think you're looking. You've got to be looking at low seventies at least. Um. And if you get low seventies, there might be a bit of different uh, like difference between us and the top four race. Because I can't imagine. Um, all of them get into 70-plus.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised, to be mm. honest. All, all the teams in the top four race are going to drop, drop points. Dave, for you, what what would a good season for Man United be?
1: Yeah, I agree with yeah, Yates. Europa League, you need to be winning that, really, as a minimum. Uh, if Champions League's no longer... Happening uh, to bow out in the way you did is embarrassing, but that's done. You may as well try and turn Europe into some sort of positive this season. um Yeah, and I, I agree with Yates. Really, like you, you definitely come in top four, and that was a, a horrible end to the season. But you wanna? It's you in wanna, the locker. Uh, it's in the locker, I guess. But you definitely want to be cementing second at worst case scenario third. But making sure that you're not like playing on the last day to come top four, like it needs to be locked off a few game, few games before the end of the season. Um, Uh, I'd like to somehow in a scenario where you're playing for top four on the last day, something's gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Mm.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'd like to be going into May with top four pretty much guaranteed.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if, if. If Oli achieves that, let's say Europa League final and pretty much top four secured, they're talking about renewing his renewing his contract. Is that something you'd be interested in, or? Um,
2: it's a difficult one. I think Oli has improved the first eleven. Uh, a lot of that down is a lot of that is down to bringing in Fernandez yeah. and uh, <laughs> the impact he's had. Uh, on the attitude and players around him playing better because he's forcing them to play better um, so that might not be all down to Ollie, um, but he's definitely improved it and I think Luke Shaw is the prime example of him believing in the player and getting the best out of the player uh, I think Rashford you could all, also point to as showing improvements and a bit more consistency than he showed under Mourinho. Yeah. Uh, I just think with Oli, he's let down by uh, his tactical nous. So while he can spring the odd surprise that he did against City uh, with the two holding midfielders and playing them wide uh, to basically cover De Bruyne and Gundogan charging forwards, He doesn't seem to be capable of doing the same in the middle of a match to change a nil-nil or losing scenario into a winning scenario, especially at home. Yeah. And I I think if the crowds were in, he'd be under a lot more pressure.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Because there's been some tepid performances at home.
0: There's been some really awful performances this year, yeah, you're absolutely right i'm I'm glad you brought up the the tactical stuff uh that is an obvious criticism that we've had on on the pod all season well, for longer than the season really mm-hmm. um what is his plan other than just to give it to Bruno? Have you seen any signs dave that he's he's come up with something else?
1: <laughs> it's weird because, like Yates mentions of city, he has the ability to get a plan for an individual match and execute it almost perfectly but then when when i watch this united team it still doesn't seem to be any tactical style it's i wouldn't say passing it into a player and hoping he does something with the ball is necessarily a style and i also i i'll, I'll live by this if bruno fernandes oh, had if he hadn't come off as a signing Solskjaer wouldn't be in this job any longer he'd be gone but, yeah. if Bruno hadn't done this well he'd be gone like that's probably the only reason he's still in the job
0: mm. yeah.
1: if I'm totally honest
2: yeah uh, I, I think a lot of his forward play is relying on individual brilliance in the form yeah. of Rashford uh, Fernandez, and Bobber um, against AC Milan we were not great in the first half. We were solid, but not offering much forward. He brought on Pogba. Pogba had a great second half, and it was a bit of individual brilliance that scored the goal. Apart from that, and the 10 minutes after that, where the whole team seemed to be lifted, we didn't really offer much going forwards. Uh, Fernandez has been brilliant, even though I think in the last couple of months, he's looked a bit lethargic, uh, especially uh, not so much physically, but more mentally. Like he's making uh, like the wrong decision uh, a lot more than he was six months ago, twelve months ago. Yeah. Um, and then Rashford, uh, always has a moment of brilliance in him, mm-hmm. um, and it's
0: just a shame that he's injured. It is a shame. Yeah, he's had a good he's had a good year on and off the field. Obviously, Dave, for yeah. you.
1: Um, Yeah, I was going to say, going forward, I don't really have that many issues. I mean, yeah, with the sort of personality you have up top, obviously if Cavani's playing, you have an outlet where maybe you can look to put it into the box more uh, and certainly have like a target man sort of presence. Obviously, most of the time he's not playing. So I understand why Man United go forward as they do, because I'd say most of the time they at least are trying to play to their strengths. But... My issues with Solskjaer really come into how he structures his defence and his holding midfielders. Because I wouldn't say you have a proper holding midfielder. Matic a few years ago, sure, but not anymore. But the way he plays his pivot, it's basically playing two players that aren't good enough to do one job in a position where if you had one really good player, you could... Instead of having two players there, you could have one and push the other two forward. And you could have, I don't know, for example, Fernandez and Pogba in the middle with a really good holding midfielder behind them. I also have an issue with his fullbacks. Don't get me wrong, Luke Shaw has been brilliant this season, as we've said, going forward. But I don't get how he's allowed to do that when wan on the other side is scared to cross the halfway line. So um,
0: you get caught on the break. Okay, can we I think you kind of answered that one.
2: Yeah, when can we compare forward? the quality going forwards of Wambasaka and Shaw when you made that argument?
1: No, no, I know, but it's more the fact that it leaves you potentially more vulnerable always in one side that people can counter you down because they know that Shaw is probably gonna be further up the pitch. Yeah. Uh, no, but... I obviously understand you've got to exploit Shaw's qualities going forward. But is, has he got to get to a point, if he really believes in this style of football, does he try and convert wan into something else? Or does he try someone else at right-back? Because um, Wan-Bissaka is, is, don't get me wrong, I think defensively he's brilliant. But you get so much more in this style of football from a, another right-back that had some attacking qualities.
2: Yeah, uh, on sure, on the left side of the pitch... Him and Rashford form a great partnership down that. And when they're playing well, we are very dangerous down the left side of yeah. the because uh, their partnership works. So Rashford likes to cut him because he's obviously right footed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Shaw provides the width. Uh, so the fullback can't just follow Rashford. He has to be stretched, which gives Rashford and then Fernandez the extra mm-hmm. bit of room to mm-hmm. work their individual brilliance. Um, on Wambasaka there has been improvements and you know maybe in a couple of years he would be a competent uh like right back in the modern game akin to a Gary Neville um where they're not natural going forwards but they could do a job
1: yeah um
2: i i don't think there's another right back that we can get that would be an improvement
1: mm.
2: unless you completely change the style uh, akin like similar to Liverpool where they don't play full backs they just play wingers <laughs> yeah
0: um, I, i'd a, i personally would kind of wish we just never bought him and just gone for like a a, a more attacking right back on that Yeah, side.
1: just because defensively he's brilliant but it means your right side is always struggling when it goes forward
0: yeah, uh, I um, guess that wouldn't be so much of a problem if we'd have just bought Sancho. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's the thing.
2: Yeah, that that is a point. Uh, a lot of it could be put down to the fact that we don't have anyone to play ahead of Wamsaka.
0: Yeah, who's actually got that position on lock, and that is the yeah. position.
2: So, where, whereas Shaw knows that the fullback um, on the left is in a bit of a 50 uh, 50, does he go Rashford or does he stay wide? Wampusaka doesn't have the same thing. The fullback always knows oh, I can stay wide, I can be on Wampusaka because whoever's there isn't much of a threat. <laughs> if, if it's Greenwood, he obviously prefers to be centre. If it's James, there's no point marking him because he'll muck up. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do feel Wampusaka's always a bit more closely guarded because there's less of the attack and threat down at that uh, wing.
0: Yeah, quite often that's the out ball to Wambasaka because the t- team's just let him have the ball, which yeah. is why would why wouldn't you? To yeah. be fair.
2: Alternatively, uh, um, you could look at changing the system and converting Wambasaka into a right-sided uh, center back in a three. Yeah,
1: the only thing I can see for him if you're going to convert him, like a right right center back of three center backs. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, because I, I think he'd do a brilliant job there because he is the best defending right-back in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I wouldn't argue with that at all.
2: And then you could say, put him with Maguire and I'd prefer by but it would be Lindelof. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that would provide a bit more um, like presence and solidity at the back, which means that we might not need to play two hard midfielders in
0: a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that really irks me. We've West Ham at home, Fred and McTominay. Well, Come
2: West, Ham, on. West Ham at home, who you know are just going to sit back and put ten men behind the ball.
0: You know what Moyes is going to do and still, Fred and McTominay are in. In from the start. Come on. Yeah, that, that really irks me, to be honest. In your opinion, Yates, uh, is he the right man to lead the club forward?
2: No, uh, I think he's... Done a good job, and but I think it's similar job to what a caretaker manager you get a caretaker manager yeah. just for an extended period, where he's um, stabilised the club, got the club on a uh, even path, uh, got the atmosphere back to the club, uh, but I think he's limited into what he can offer the uh, team and uh, going forwards and improving them.
0: If there was one name you'd you'd like to replace him,
2: well, it was parched until they went to PSG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, that was the dumbest thing the club's done for a while. Yeah, letting it, letting him slip.
2: Um, I mean, you've got uh, Hasselhuhn. If if he can get Southampton back to where they were a few months ago, and it, there have been positive signs the last few weeks, I. Why not?
0: I like him. It's just about his style, I guess, and and you can't keep losing nine nil to people. That that doesn't help <laughs> you either. But yeah, Ra- Ra- I Everyone knows I, I love Ralph, so I'd be I down mean, for that.
2: Uh, Joachim Lowe's coming free in the summer.
0: Yeah, he's a clown. We don't want him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I, I don't know Nogelsman.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah no. from Leipzig. Although um, he's he's going to go to Bayern, isn't he? So. Who's at Bayern at the moment?
1: Hansi Flick, Mate, if Hansi Flick became available, I'm sure you'd want that
2: to. Well, I, can't, I can't see Bayern get rid of him after he went to treble last year.
0: True, maybe Nagelsmann has a move before he goes to Bayern, but he's going to end up there, isn't he? Yeah,
2: I, I, I don't think it, it's weird at the moment because there's usually a couple of managers that are lying unemployed. but they really all, not many. They, they seem to have all found jobs in the last few months.
1: The only the COVID market I profile manager I can think of is Vriese Allegri, but I'll be honest, I don't massively know about his style of football. Uh,
2: he it's similar sort of style to Conte, and I can't see him doing that at United.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's the man. Dave Solskjaer, in a word, right man for United.
1: No, like uh, Yates yeah, says, I think he's done a, he's done what you need him to do. Someone to sort of bring some sort of stability. I think if Ole ha- has a level, this is probably it. I don't think I can take you any further. I don't... You need... Like, it's Man United. You have elite managers. You're, you're one of the top clubs in world football. Salkshire is not a top manager. He's sort of taken over the job in between elite managers, and it's getting to the time you need a proper... You know, a manager who's there because they're a fantastic manager. And not because they are links with the club. And we well, we'll get there when we need that again. I think.
2: Yeah, another thing that does go against Ole is the fact that we've got to what four semis and a cup <laughs> final in the last year and a half, and yeah. lost all of them. Yes. Uh, one or two, you could put that to the players, but after you've had four or five, that comes from the manager. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: that doesn't look great though. Um, Dave, you are talking about where United should be. Have you got any oh. opinions on, uh, on the fan base, maybe letting their expectations drop a little bit Yeah, I, over the years?
1: I find it baffling, really. Obviously, I'm not a United fan, and I haven't been, so I probably look at things with a lot wider scope than maybe fans like you, you two, who obviously invested in United more. I think, obviously, over time, I think any team after a third year is going to decline. I'm not saying that I ever thought anyone would come in and keep you at that ridiculous level. But I think one thing for me is the players. Like, for example, McTominay coming free. Yeah, he's playing for Man United. But is he a Man United player? I don't think so. He makes mistakes. You've got so many players in your squad even that aren't Man United players, but they find themselves playing for Man United. And for some reason, your fans accept that. Your fans accept that you don't have a top manager despite being... I think you always will be a top club in world football.
2: On the fan base, Mm. I don't think it's necessarily that they've dropped their standards. I think it's more they don't want to... um, go against a club legend in Oli. So if it was a external manager that was currently doing what Oli's doing, there would be a lot more uh, fans calling for him out. Mm. Um, but you don't really see much against Oli. It's more about the players.
1: Yeah, that's I'm, true. More against the players. Um, I mean, and at the end of the day, the, the way football has got man united are spending more than they ever have on players and yet your team frankly is nowhere near these other teams that you had obviously that's the climate that's changed money isn't what it used to be you have to pay far more for players etc etc but at the end of the day some of these players are getting paid crazy wages huge fees and not it's not really getting any sort of results i would say on the whole um Again, it's a, it's a whole team. You can't. I don't think you can pinpoint it on one specific player. It's more the whole crop of players. Uh, uh, I, I, it's I, a weakness I, I, for Man United as a whole.
2: I, I think you can pinpoint it on three positions.
1: I know two positions that you need to to sort drastically.
2: Yes, yeah, uh, we do
1: that now. Then yeah, I, two,
2: I'd say there's three positions we need to sort okay, drastically. So we
1: you go with three because I only have two that I can really
2: think of. Uh, is- we we need an out-and-out striker.
1: Yeah.
2: A proper number nine, Cavani. But it seems from the rumours that he doesn't want to be in Manchester anymore. Which you know, don't blame him with the weather. <laughs> uh, we need a proper holder midfielder, like you say, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Someone that can actually do the job that they're meant to, not half the job. <laughs> And yeah, another centre back.
0: Yeah. Okay. Any names for those positions?
2: Um, a striker's. It, you've got Pretty one. Pretty
0: easy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's
2: Haaland or Kane.
0: Um,
2: yeah. I think. And both, you're not getting Kane. But well, I um, think both could be on the move in the summer.
0: I I hope Kane's had enough of this. I'll be honest. I think Haaland th- is definitely on the move. Yeah.
1: My fingers. I I tried to think how much Levy will. Demand for Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane could be basically held against his will because no one will pay whatever ridiculous price Levy wants.
0: He's yeah. on a decently long contract as well, which is typical Daniel Levy. He's clever, he's a canny operator, isn't he, our boy Daniel Levy?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so oh. I, I think Kane has to force it, but I think he's getting to the, close to a point where he is either forced it or he looks back on his career and regrets.
0: That's what I really think he should. He, he should try and get out. He really should. I, I just hope that Levy will actually let him. I don't know if he will. But yeah. so yeah, probably Harland is the more realistic. I, I'd imagine out of those two, just go and buy Harry Keane. Just go and <laughs> buy him. Uh, defensive holding mid. Uh, to be honest, I,
2: I don't know many outside of the Prem. Um, That's all right. But you. You'd look at a this, is player, wishlist,
0: yes. this is your wish list, Jace. This <laughs> is your wish list. You can look, buy who you want.
2: You'd look like a player like an yeah. yeah. Um. I don't think we'll be able to get him, especially if Leicester get Champions League, which they should do. Um. Outside of that, I don't know many top notch uh, hard midfielders. I don't think it is
0: a big market. Yeah, I think indeed he's the man. That's who I'd go for if you can. If you think you can get him,
2: yeah. But let's like say I don't think Leicester would be um, very. Uh, it's going to be big money. Uh, yeah,
0: big big money.
2: I, you I think you play massively over the odds or somehow convince Leicester that they don't need it anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you Fred and McTominay. Oh, yeah, this, and together they can do the job. that's check, not as check, good as Indeedy. Checking Matic as well. Why not? Yeah, we'll send them all. <laughs>
2: uh, in center terms back. of centre-backs, I think there are a few. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think any centre-back will cost us. Yeah. Again, um, you've got the guy at uh, Leipzig.
1: Who, uh,
2: yeah, the um, not the guy that's gone to Bayern, the other guy, who's also good centre-back.
0: Canate? Canate?
2: Yeah. I yeah, reckon
0: have. he's the better one. Y-
2: yeah. Um, I think there's uh, you've obviously got the Napoli guy uh, Kubale yeah, uh, oh. who is, oh, what 30 and would probably still cost about 80 million. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe a couple of years ago, but not now. Uh, I think there's a, a, a younger guy, Villarreal.
0: Yeah, and a couple of Sevilla centre backs apparently uh, that yeah, we're looking oh, at as well. I think would
2: be uh, quite. I, I think there's uh, also uh, rumours about uh, Baran.
0: Yeah, oh, s- he probably just wants a new deal.
2: There is that, yes. <laughs> the, the classic, classic Ramos. Yeah, we've seen um, that before. So yeah, I think if we go for the one, the Villarreal or Sevilla ones, uh, you are looking more of a project. where if you go for uh, the Leipzig or Varan, um, you're looking for a ready-made centre back to partner. It would be
0: McGuire. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. We're invested into that one, so that's. Fine. Yeah. Uh, would you go back in for Sancho? No. You wouldn't? Okay, cool. Um, I don't think he'd come anyway now. I, but... I,
2: I would, um, if there's any money left over after that, <laughs> I, I would move heaven and earth to get Grealish.
0: Yeah. I like
1: it.
0: Uh, I think a lot of clubs are kicking themselves that they've left him there for so long now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Because every time he plays, he adds another million to his... um, Yeah. (laughs) At least. Uh, It's uh, good
0: news for the rest of the league that he's injured at the moment. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, Because uh, Grealish, you could play him through the middle, you could play him through on the left. Um, You still have the issue of the right mid. Uh, But if you play Grealish, Fernandez, Rashford, and then Greenwood or another number nine at front, it's you. It's fluid.
0: That's so, nasty.
2: Yeah, you don't necessarily need an out-and-out right because any one of them could find themselves on the right and do a job. Uh, like similar it. to how United, uh, of the 08 team, they didn't have a defined position. It was Tevez, Rooney and Ronaldo just doing what they wanted at front.
0: Yeah, that worked out pretty well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, with a Grealish, with someone as clever as that, um, I, I think he'd slot right in and add even more X factor to what
0: is there already. I like it. I like it a lot, Dave. What were your two uh, positions?
1: Yeah, I have a different approach. Slightly, I think. Obviously, a builder, crying out for one. I also think, in terms of the current market, in terms of going for a couple of real quality signings, you've got to go for a right winger too, uh, just because. With centre backs, as much as I, I don't particularly like Harry Maguire, but at the end of the day, he's not that old, and you spent a lot of money on him. I don't shift him. Lindelof still isn't actually that old, so you've got potential with him if you can, because I think. As much as I don't, by any stretch, think they're great centre-backs, if you put some stability in front of them, there's no way they wouldn't improve. Yeah. And the holding midfielder not only sorts out your midfield, it also helps your defence massively. Like you say, with Ndidi, I think he's exactly what you would want. He's decent age as well, so he'd be like a long-term signing.
2: Yeah, but he's mid-20s now, isn't
1: he? I think he's like 20. Yeah, 20- perfect. He's Still pretty young, really. Um, And then right wing, I think, like you said, with even the Wamba bissaka issue, I think you just need like a a proper right winger. I've thought about Sancho, but I'm not actually sure you'll be able to afford him because Dortmund keep...
2: Uh, Well, I think his price has come down.
0: Yeah, I think it has come down a little, but we'll have to see. Dortmund are going to hold out for a lot for Haaland and Sancho. Still, I think. Yeah. Um, but they're a bit more desperate this summer to sell, I think.
1: But yeah, I think those have to be the two positions just because you literally don't have like any good right winger um, at all, and you don't have any good holding midfielders. At least with the center backs improving what's in front of them, you could hope that they improve, which they well, were.
0: There you go.
1: Winning. And with striker. Um, I know he's not been great this season so far, but I think Mason Greenwood's a real, real talent and you could just maybe not ne- even next season, but I think in a couple of years, uh, uh, if he develops how he, he's already great, if he develops, he could be one hell of a striker if he can yeah. get a uh, run together.
2: I think the goal of the weekend will have done done in the world of good. Yeah, uh, he needed that. He, he's definitely looked improved in the last few games. Uh, That is coincided with him actually playing through the middle um, rather than out out on the right. Uh, I think he's. uh, I don't think he's built enough at the moment to play up top on his own. Mm -hmm. But he's nineteen. You'd expect next couple of years for him to develop a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So I I fully rate him. Um, That that is the only concern with buying a number nine. Um
1: Yeah, what do you
0: do with Greenwood?
2: <laughs> yeah, ideally you'd want Cavani staying gone for another year.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um,
2: because then he can pass on his experience of being a number nine and his world-class movement uh, and then ready for Greenwood to take centre stage in 23. I
0: yeah. like it. Well, plenty to do in the summer then for United, that's for sure. Um, um I, we I have- think...
2: Number one would be clearing out dead weight again.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we you need to really get rid of quite a lot again. Yeah, we've, Ollie's uh, done that quite well so far, but there's more that needs to be done.
2: Yeah, I feel like we say it every summer, um, and yeah, it again it just goes to show you how bad the uh, transfer policy was since Fergie's left that we've been getting rid of dead weight for what three transfer windows now yeah, yeah
0: i mean you've had you've had three three different managers with three different styles buying players with yeah. different styles and they're all just here there and everywhere and they don't fit together so then you've got to get rid of them at some point mm. yeah you're absolutely right we've we've done it for three windows and we're still not finished there's there's more to go <laughs> so yeah plenty of work for our for fletch and co to do up there yes that's for sure uh, we had a, we've got a question in from a partial listener, I guess. It's Dave's dad. Dave, yep. do you want to do you want to read out the question? Because I believe yep. it's aimed at yep. me and Yates.
1: He basically just observed that he doesn't think that these Man United players like really care to play for Man United. So his question was, do you think these Man United players actually care about playing for United? And if you feel some don't, do you blame the players individually or as a group or Ollie?
2: Um so if I go, go first. Yet, so I? Yeah. No, I'll go first. I, I, I think some do. Um I think sure that you can see from his recent yep. form <laughs> that he cares uh, about the club because he could have just gone through the motions if he didn't. Um Rashford 100 percent Uh like the guy is a United fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you can see even when he's injured, he's still Will run. I think it was uh, when he got injured in against AC, yeah. just before he ran the length of the pitch to um, then make a tackle on the edge of a box. Uh, you don't do that if you don't care. Um, but uh, and I, I, as much as he's maligned, McTominay is cares about the club. Like he, yeah. even though he's a limited midfielder, he will always run around for ninety minutes. He'll give
0: you everything he's got. That's, yeah, That's You know that that's what you're going to get out of McTominay.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, the key one that doesn't care is Martial.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't think he cares at all.
2: No, uh, I think he's just going through the motions um, and getting paid a ridiculous amount of money for it. Uh, I think Pogba cares when it suits him. <laughs> um, so when he has to make a point, i.e. I've just been injured, coming on for 45 minutes. I can be the star.
0: Uh, and there's a Euros coming up.
2: And there's a Euros coming up, yeah. Um, I think so. He cares when it suits him. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree with your dad that it's not enough players to care.
0: Would you blame the players or, or Solskjaer for that? That was the uh, second I, half of the question. Yeah, I blame the management, i.e.
2: people above Solskjaer. Um, yeah. Because as part of the transfer recruitment uh, like process, you look at the personality of a player, whether you think he's going to fit. And I think the years, like mid-10s, uh, they just bought... A player because they thought he would be good, not whether he'd fit into a wider scheme.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think the dressing room's been a bit, it hasn't been great since for a while at United. I think. Well, we know. I think Pogba's a, a big part of that. Uh, Martial, I don't know. It's a tough one with him because I feel like that's just the way he is, and sometimes you feel like he's lazy or whatever. But I am starting to think he doesn't really. He's not that bothered whether, whether he does well or not. He's going to make a load of money either way, and that's fine for him. He's mates with Pogba. So. Yeah,
2: I think there was a clip of him in a recent game where he was around the centre circle. He laid it off. The attack was going down the right wing, and he was playing centre forward. As a centre forward, you should be bust when you get to get into the box. He was casually <laughs> jogging to the edge of the box.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. (laughs) I think for the most part, the dressing dressing room's a lot better now. With people like Bruno in, he's a winner. Whether he necessarily cares about Man United, he he cares about winning games. And that's enough. That's enough for me. Um, De Gea, I'm not overly convinced he's too worried what's happening. I'll be honest.
2: I think he wants to go back to Spain.
0: Yeah, and we should definitely let him. So the door's open.
2: Uh, Yeah. We've got, we've got. Now that we've got a um, viable alternative.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think Romero could could do it, and you didn't want to spend loads on a keeper. So this has worked out all right. It's a good timing now, isn't it? Yeah,
2: and uh, what's even better timing is um, his baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's Henderson have a run of games as well. Absolutely. Yeah. As far as who I blame, I think I blame the players a little more than. Necessarily Solskjaer. I just think there's been some bad apples in there and we're starting to weed them out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, maybe Pogba, Martial leaving the summer. Who knows? I'm, I'm kind of blaming them. It could not be them at all, but that's, that's who I would blame from the outside anyway.
2: Uh, I, I can't see. Lingard Bob. was in
0: there as well, by the way. He was in that sort of clique, and I, I think it's been good for him to move on. Yeah. Um...
2: I also think he... I, I, I rated Lingard um, back in 2017, 2018. And uh, I was glad that he was um, first choice for England at that time. Um, and I'm very happy now that he's um, obviously showing that he's not just a waste of space. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it would be, probably be best if he probably makes that move to West Ham permanently.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. He's doing great great over there. And it's nice to see as well. Mm. Dave, it's that time. Your stat of the week. It's a good one as well.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a good one. Um, So, over 17 seasons at Barcelona, Lionel Messi has a goal contribution every 67 minutes. To put that into context, the most efficient Premier League season is Luis Suarez 2013-14 where he contributed to a goal every 69 minutes. So Messi expected that for his entire 17
0: seasons at Barcelona, which is absolutely unbelievable.
2: Yeah, that's uh, mad.
0: He's an outrage. Um, I, I don't want him to go to City, but I also want to see him in the Prem. Uh, if we if there's a, a chance... I'll take he, it. If he has well, to go to City, I'll take it.
1: Of Lionel Messi, I would, I'd pay a lot of money to see he can play against Norwich or someone I'd, I'd pay a lot of money to see it
2: um, yeah I I don't want him to go to PSG I think
0: that's where he's going
2: uh, just because whatever you do in the French League doesn't really mean stuff anything because this is an awful league
0: it really really is um, yeah I hope he comes to the Prem we'll see what happens I guess in the summer that'll be a fun one to cover on the podcast yeah
2: the, the only issue with him coming to the Prem is uh, it's a lot more physical league and with him coming to what well, is he's 33 now, so mid-30s will he still be able to rack up the same amount of uh, goal contributions in a phys- more physical league where he's on the wane in terms of physicality?
0: Yeah, It would be an interesting experiment that's yeah. for sure. But uh, in that that City team,
2: if he doesn't manage to do it, it, it'll be just another weapon for the people that think Ronaldo's better saying Ronaldo did it in the Prem, Messi can't. And you can't really compare. I know they're all wrong, but you can't really, you wouldn't be
0: able to compare the two, but they'll do it anyway. Oh, yeah, you know it's coming. You know it's coming.
1: Is watching De Bruyne and a clinical player like Messi would be wow. Unbelievable.
2: <laughs> I, I think it would be unfair, if I think we'd have to handicap them twenty points.
0: Yeah, and they'd just obviously... make a play Carl Walker every week. That'll do it. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I think that will do it for this week. Thank you very much for coming on, Yates. That was very enjoyable.
2: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: It was less unbearable talking about United <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, and thanks, Dave. As a, as always. Yeah. No worries. Uh, and thanks everyone for listening I'll be back on Friday with Henry for the betting podcast I think it's uh, another uh, very uh, average week from us if
2: we haven't done a roundup
0: I haven't oh. actually worked it out I think I was one out of four so I probably made a loss I don't know what Henry was probably fairly similar so it's going to be another sombre intro on the betting podcast <laughs> <I'm quiet laughs> on Friday unfortunately but,
2: you should yeah, just have it, it recorded and you can play the same thing every week
0: maybe I'll do that that's a good idea it's another losing week for us this week (laughs) oh dear yes so that's look look forward to later in the week Dave also will have an article going live on the website at some point which is uh, inandaroundmedia.com and and if you've got any questions or any any shouts you want to get in for next week's pod just tweet us Uh, it's at inandaroundpod on Twitter but yeah thanks very much see you next week cheers cheers